the, the lesson for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would please just uh, give me the words to say. Lord, help us all to be able to be attentive. Help us to be able uh, to, to not only be attentive, Lord, but to remember the things that are said tonight, Lord, and to apply them into our lives as they need to be applied. And Lord, I would just pray that it, it would be a productive time as we study your work. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, well we're there in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, and we've been going through on Sunday nights a uh, series entitled Character. And if you remember the first Sunday night we were in character, we talked about what is character. Character is self-discipline, character is self-denial, character is self-control. You're going to get tired of hearing me say that, but we need to get that in our, 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 our heads and in our hearts and our minds and realize that every time we fail in life, it's because of a lack of self-denial, self-control. Uh, and self-discipline. And if we can perfect those things in our life, we will be more successful and will accomplish the things that God has for us to do. If you remember the second time, the second Sunday night, we talked about character and habits. Last week, we talked about how to develop character in your life. Tonight, we want to talk about the subject of character and time management. Self-discipline and time management. And how uh, you can be more successful and productive in life when it comes to your time. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 it's a very well-known passage there. Oftentimes you'll, you'll see these verses that we read in, in like a greeting card or something. Very beautiful verses there. But if you look at, uh, let's just read verse number 1 again. Verses 1 through 7. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Now I want you to just notice, God puts a big emphasis on the subject or the idea of time in Scripture. In verse 2 the Bible says, A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. You know what's interesting about that, as you go through it, he's giving you opposites. Did you notice that? He says, there's a time to be born, time to die. Plant, pluck up. You know, build to, to destroy. He says, a time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to embrace, a time to, to refrain from embracing. And you know, we need to just realize, and I'm not really preaching about this tonight, but we need to just realize that, you know, we live in a society that's just all about, you know, being happy, you know, always being joyful, having nothing wrong happen to you, and if you ever feel sad, here, take these pills, because it's bad to you to feel sad, or it's bad to, you know, the Bible says that there's a time to mourn. And there's a time to, to dance, there's a time to rejoice, look, there's a time to speak, there's a time to be silent, there's a time to sow, there's a time to rent. You just got to realize, in, in life, we'll go through times when we're going to be sad, when we're going to be happy, when we're going to be born, when we're going to die. And here's the point that God's trying to make, if you look at verse 1 again. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heavens. See, you've got to understand this. God is teaching us here that there is time for everything. You ever said these things? I've got more things to do than I've got time for. I mean, you ever just felt like, I, I've got so much to do, and I just don't have the time. And you know, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I can get pretty busy in life and just think to myself, i got more things I can do than, than that which I can accomplish in a 24. You ever find yourself wishing, you know, you could sleep less? Or wishing you could add more hours to the 24-hour uh, period of a day. But you know, you got to understand this. God teaches that there is a time for every purpose. God teaches that there's time for everything we need to do. That's right. 
So why do we get to the place where we feel like I cannot accomplish everything that God has called me to do? And here's why. A lack of character when it comes to our time management. A lack of self-control. A lack of self-discipline. A lack of self-denial when it comes to our time management. Someone said this, and you must understand this. We cannot, you know, I like the phrase time management, but you need to understand this. We cannot really manage time. You understand that? Time is just flying. It's fleeting. I mean, every second's passing by. You can't manage time, but honestly, what you can do is manage yourself within the time that God has given you. And tonight, I want to just, as quickly as we can, I want to give you three ways uh, to be able to have proper time management. Three ways to be able to look at life and organize your life so that you can have the most productive life that, that, that God wants you to have. Now, keep your finger there in Ecclesiastes, because we're going to come right back to it. But go with me to the book of James. James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4 in the New Testament. James chapter number 4. And I'd like you to ver- uh, look at verse number, James chapter 4. Give me one second here, I'm looking at a verse. James chapter number 4, look at verse number 13. And I want you to understand this, okay? Three, three uh, points or three reasons to have good, manage- good time management in your life. Number one, if you're taking notes, good time management is the result of proper perspective. Good time management is the result of proper perspective. You may be asking, what does the word perspective mean? Perspective means the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance. To see things as they truly are. And you know, the truth of the matter is, you and I need to just stop and look at our lives and how they really are, in their true perspective. Are you there in James chapter number 4? James chapter 4, verse 13. These are verses that are meant to kind of bring us to reality. If you look at verse 13, the Bible says this, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Now notice what he says here. He says, look, look, we, we like to say, tomorrow I'm going to do this, tomorrow I'm going to do that, tomorrow we're going to... And look, there's nothing wrong with that as far as having an attitude of, uh, I'm going to accomplish something. But here's the point, verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. The truth of the matter is, you and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Now notice what he says. These are sombering words. He says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. See, you need to understand, when we get a proper perspective of our lives, we realize that our time is truly short. Go to Psalm real quickly. Psalm 39. Psalm. If you have your finger there in Ecclesiastes, just go back a couple books and go to the book of Psalms. And go to Psalm 39. We need to understand that our lives really aren't that long. The time we have is limited. Psalm 39. Look at verse 4. Psalm 39 and verse 4. The Bible says, Lord... Psalm 39 and verse 4. I'd like you to see these verses. Psalm 39 and verse 4. The Bible says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days. You know that God knows exactly how many days you're going to live? And there is a a certain amount of days. There is a measurement in regards to the amount of days you're going to live. The psalmist here says, Lord, make me to know my name. And and the measure of my my days, what it is. Why? That I may know how frail I am. That's perspective. Realizing that our lives are just a vapor. They're limited. We're we're frail. frail. Look at verse 5. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth. And my age is as nothing before thee. 
Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Go to Psalm 90. Look at verse 10. Psalm 90, verse 10. Psalm 90, verse 10. When you get to Psalm 90, I'll put your bulletin there or a ribbon there or bookmark something because we're going to leave there and then come right back to it. Psalm 90, look at verse 10. Look at what the psalmist says here. Psalm 90, verse 10. The days of our years are three score years and ten. You know what a score is? Twenty. So three score is sixty and ten. That's seventy years. He said the days of our years are three score, uh, three score years and ten. He said, look, we're just going to live about 70 years. And if by reason of strength, you say, well, I'm after you. I, I walk every day. I'm pretty healthy. Okay. Well, if by reason by strength, they'd be four score years. Okay. So you live 80 years, even 90 years, 100 years. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon, look what it says, it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Look, I hope that every one of you develops character in your life to be the healthiest individual you can be. I hope every one of you lives to be 100, and 105, and 110. I hope everybody in our church, you know, just makes it to the Guinness World Book of Records for being the oldest person that ever lived. But even if you are, do you realize, even if you live 130 years, when you measure that to eternity, it's a vapor. It's, it's a handbrake. It's soon cut off, is what the Bible says. See, proper time management comes from the concept of having a perspective of our lives and realizing how short our lives truly are. Go to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians. Keep your finger there in Psalm 90 because we're coming right back to it. But go to Colossians in the, in the New Testament. Colossians chapter number 4. You say, well, why do I need a perspective of my, the, the, the shortness and the frailness of my life? Why do you need that? Here's why you need that. When you realize how short your life is, you will begin to realize the value of the time that God has given you. Colossians chapter number 4, look at verse number 5. When you realize how short your life is, you will see the value of the time that God has given you. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5, the Bible says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Now notice this phrase, you find it twice in the Bible. We'll look at the, the other time here in a little bit. But the Bible says this, redeeming the time. That word redeeming or redeem means to buy back. It means to purchase. The idea there is that your time is valuable. You've got to understand this. Once, time, once we've wasted time, we can never get it back. You say, I, 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 I can lose money. Yeah, but you can make money again. You understand that? I can lose my house, but you can get a house again. I can lose my car, but you can get another car. But when you lose time, you can't get that back. There is a value to time that once it's gone, it's gone forever. And God says here, redeeming the time. He says, realize how short your life is. See, you, gotta, you, say, you say, why are you telling us? Because proper time management is a result of having proper perspective that our lives are very short. We are very frail people. And when we realize how short our lives truly are, then we will begin to see the value of our time. And we'll begin to have this attitude of, of redeeming the time. Go back to Psalm 90. Psalm 90, look at verse number 12. When you see the value of time, and you see how short your life is, and you begin to realize that your time has a value to it, then you will begin to live a more purposeful life. We saw Psalm 90, verse 10, the days of our years are three score years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be four score, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. So go down to verse 12, look what it says. So teach us 
to number our days. He says, Lord, teach us to keep an account of the days, the time that we have here. Why? Look what he says. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. He says, look, teach us to number our days. Teach us to realize how much time we've got on this earth. Teach us to, to, to see the value of the life that you've given us. Why? That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. See, you've got to understand this. Proper time management comes from having a perspective of your life. There was a sociologist named Dr. Edward Banfield from uh, Harvard University. I was reading about this recently. And he, uh, he, he did a uh, study. And he, he sought out to explain the results of many... And he explained from the results of many years of research. Uh, and he sought out to, to... He wanted to figure out one thing. He wanted to figure out what was the biggest... What was the, the one common denominator or the one behavior that people had that went in upward social and economic mobility? And here's what he meant by that. He said, someone who started their life at a certain place in society and, and ended their life actually higher than that. So, either making more money or living a better class of life. He said, what people that are successful in life, people that maybe they start off poor, but they end up rich. Or they, they start off not having a lot, but they end up being what the world would consider successful. He said, he wanted to set out and see what was it that made people like that. He wanted to uncover the reasons for financial success and the predictors of social class. So here's what he studied. He studied behaviors uh, that he thought would lead people to increase wealth from one generation to another. Here are the behaviors he studied. He studied wealth. He studied intelligence. Uh, He studied this in in individuals. He took a bunch of individuals, saw their wealth, their intelligence, their backgrounds, their race, their occupation, their personal attributes. And here's what he found, that none of those were accurate predictors of upward social mobility. So he took a, a group of people, he saw uh, how smart they were, and, he's, and he found the smartest person in the group, and he, and he realized that being smart doesn't mean you're going to be successful in life. He's like, he found out that, that being born to a wealthy family doesn't mean you're going to be successful in life. He said that your race had nothing to do with how successful you were. In fact, he, he, he found people that ranked high in one or in many of those areas, and they still, some of them actually went downward in their social economic structure. Meaning, at the same age, they were making less money or living a worse life than their parents were. At the same age. And here's what years and years of study, he, 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 he found this out. I thought this was very interesting. He found out that many people who succeeded in life, who actually started in one area and moved up socially, he found out that the one difference was that they had what he called, let me see if I can find, a long view or a long time perspective. The one difference that Banfield's research found for upward social mobility was this. People who succeed in life often look at their lives in periods of 5, 10, or even 20 years into the future. You know, and here's the problem. Our society today teaches a short-term perspective. Today people are taught immediate gratification. Today people are taught, if it feels good, do it. Today people are taught, you know, it, you know we, we've got drive-thrus, we've got microwaves, we've got instant lunches, you know what I mean? I mean, everything's just fast, it's easy. And people in our society today are taught, you know, don't think, you know, far in advance, just think right now. But here's the thing, people who think like that often fail in life. 
And by the way, his research also found that this is the exact reason why immigrants could come to the United States of America not speaking any, the language and not having any family here and end up being financially better off than people who grew up in our society. Why? Because they had a long-term perspective. Banfield found that the further down the economic structure you went, the less perspective had. His research showed this. On average, and obviously this is just an average, this is not 100% for everybody, but on average, salary workers, on average, have a time perspective of about two months. Hourly workers, on average, have a time perspective of about two pay periods. People who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, on average, have a time perspective of less than one hour. See, because the less time perspective you have in life, the less time you look at life, the less you realize, okay, what I'm about to do right now, how is it going to affect? You shouldn't be looking at, how is this going to affect the next hour? You should be looking at, how is this going to affect eternity? See, people who look at their lives in eternity say, say, hey, I want to go out and preach the gospel to somebody, get somebody saved. People who look at their lives in a day's perspective say, I don't want to go out there today, it's raining. <laughs> I don't want to go so winning, I'm tired. See, you got to understand that the more time perspective we have, the more likely we are to be able to manage the time that God has given us. So, so what's the trick? We must dis- you, you, you and I need to learn to discipline ourselves to have a long view time perspective. Let me ask you this. Where do you see yourself? Spiritually, financially, physically, with your family, where do you see yourself 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? I haven't asked myself that question. Well, you should start. You should start thinking, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to be doing for God 10 years from now? What am I going to be doing for you know, 20 years from now? How, how am I going to, how's my retirement going to look? Honestly, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not just trying here to try to preach the Bible, I'm trying to teach you how to have a better life. Long-term good time management is the result of proper perspective. You got to look at your life. Where are you going to end? We said number one, good time management is a result of proper perspective. Number two, good time management is a result of proper priorities. Good time management is a result of proper priorities. Go back to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter 1. You say, what do you mean by priorities? Priority is this. Something that is more important than other things and that needs to be done or dealt with first. You should live your life with priorities or values. Every one of us needs to sit down and figure out what are the priorities that we have in life. The Bible teaches this concept throughout Scripture. Let me give you a few examples. But the Bible teaches the concept that we should live our life prioritizing one of the most important things in our life. Are you there in Colossians chapter 1? Look at verse 18. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18. Colossians 1.18 says, And he... Now, I don't have time to go through the context. You can study it out on your own if you'd like. But the he there is referring to Jesus Christ, okay? It says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Now, notice what it says, the last phrase of verse 18. That in all things he might have the preeminence. What's the word preeminence mean? It means he's number one. Does it say that in some things he should have the preeminence? No. It says that in all things he should have the preeminence. Go to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Look at verse number 3. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. And verse number 3. The Bible says, But seek ye first. Do you see that? But seek ye first. 
the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So in Colossians 1.18 it says that Christ should have the preeminence in our lives. In Matthew 6.33 it says that we should seek first the kingdom of God. So you see there how God is telling us to have priorities in our life? And here's what you can understand. Good time management comes from a result of proper perspective, yes. But good time management comes as a result of proper priorities. A Christian and every one of us needs to sit down at some point and figure out what are the priorities in our life. And by the way, let me just go ahead and give you what a good Christian's priority should be. Here you go. Number one, God. Number two, family. Number three, work. And by the way, in that order. God, family, work. Not only should you figure out what your priorities are. Now look, maybe those aren't the priorities for you. I know a lot of Christians that priorities are family, work, and God. I know a lot of Christians that fight. I know a lot of people that priorities are work, family, God. I know a lot of people that don't have any priorities. <laughs> They're just living their life just scattered. But you know what? You need to figure out what your priorities are. And a good Christian priorities would be God, family, work. In that order. And here's the thing. Our priorities should guide how we spend our time. See, here's, here's what you need to understand. I don't have to make a decision how I'm going to spend my time when my priorities are already set. Do you understand that? See, when, when the boss comes to me and says, hey, um, I'll, I'll pay you, uh, I'll pay you uh, overtime to work on Sunday morning, I don't have to make that decision. You know why? Because my priorities are already this. God, family, work. Well, no, work doesn't go before God. That's God's side. See, I don't, I don't have to decide. Am I going to work on Sunday night? I don't, I don't decide. On Wednesday, I don't, I, don't, I don't decide. Should I go to church on Wednesday night? Should I read my Bible today? See, my priority is already God. Do you understand that? Amen. See, if the boss says, hey, this week I need you to work, you know, I, I need you to work 90 hours. The answer is no, because you know what? Family comes before work. You know, you, you say, well, Pastor, uh, we're having a family reunion. When is it? On Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. Well, I'm not going. You say, you want to go spend time with your family? Well, my priorities have already told me that God comes before my family. Hey, Jesus Christ said, you know, you've got to hate father and mother. If you're going to follow Him. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, anybody that actually follows God will be the best family member. But you've got to understand, what are your priorities? See, I don't have to decide, you know, am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? I already already know. God, family, work. God, family, work. So guess how my time is going to be spent? God, family, work. And if those are your priorities, then let those decide your time. And if those aren't your priorities, then figure out what they are and let those decide your time. How you spend your time shows what your priorities are. Some people say to me, Pastor Jimenez, I'm trying to expand my, my work skills and I'm trying to expand my business. Yet they go home and watch you know, TV for several hours a night. You know, people say to me, Pastor, I'm trying to find a job. When's, when's the last time you put in an application? Three weeks ago. I'm waiting to see if, they, if I hear back from them. Well, see, how you spend your time shows us what your priorities really are. Some people say, well, my priority is my family. Yet, you know, they go golfing. They go fishing. They, they do everything except spend time with their family. I'm just saying that priorities are not a, a, a list we make. Priorities are proven by how you spend your time. And instead of spending your time in a chaotic way and letting us find out what your priorities are, you got to just decide, these are my priorities, therefore I will spend my time in these ways. God first, family second, work third. We said number one, good time management is a result of proper perspective. We said number two, good time management is a result of proper um, priorities. Number three, good time management is a result of proper planning. Go to Ephesians chapter number five. Ephesians chapter number five. And by the way, let, let me just say this. 
Whenever you put anything before God, you just made an idol. When you go to work, instead of going to church, you just made an idol of that job. When you spend time with the family, you say, you know, people say to me, well, Pastor, we can't come to church because, you know, Wednesday night, that's family time. Look, you, you know, you, you, there is Monday night and Tuesday night and Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday night. Well, that's when I go golfing and that's when I go fishing and that's when I go this. I'm just here to tell you, how you spend your time lets us know what you actually want to do. And every time, anytime you put something before God, you just made an idol out of that. I'm just telling you, that's what the Bible says. If you don't like it, you know, that's fine. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm used to it. Ephesians 5, look at verse 15. Ephesians 5.15. The Bible says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now notice verse 16. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now you've got to understand this. Verse 16 is in the context of verse 15. Do you understand that? So in verse 16, he says, Redeeming the time. Okay? How are we going to redeem the time? Here's how we're going to do it. By verse 15, see then that ye walk circumspectly. So when you walk circumspectly, you won't be walking as a fool. You'll be walking as someone who's wise, and you'll be redeeming the time. Does that make sense? Okay, so what does the word circumspectly or circumspect mean? Here's what it means. Thinking carefully before doing something. See, you ought to plan out your time. You ought to carefully figure out, how am I going to walk today? And the person that walks circumspectly, carefully planning, carefully thinking, carefully making sure they're not wasting their time, that person will walk, not as fools, but as wise. And here's why they're wise. They're redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Go to, go to Proverbs 16, look at verse 9. Proverbs 16, verse 9. We're almost done. Proverbs 16, verse 9. Proverbs 16, verse 9. We said good time management is a result of proper perspective. Good time management is a result of proper priorities. But good time management is a result of proper planning. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says this, A man's heart deviseth his way. And you ought to devise your way. You ought to sit down and plan how you're going to live your life. What you're going to do with your time. And when you do that, let God step in. The Bible says, but the Lord directed the steps. You devise your way and make sure you get produ- produ- you know, production in your life and then let God take care of the rest. Thank you, thank you, but we ought to live our lives planned out. Let me give you some practical advice and this isn't near with me, of course. But let me give you some practical ways to plan your day. Especially, uh, you know, and here's the thing, this applies to everyone, but if you, if you work in a way where you don't have like, an, like a boss, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you don't have anybody actually telling you what to do every day, you ought to just write these things down. But you know what, every, all of us, even if you go to work and you have to punch in a clock and you leave, you ought to have a plan for how you spend the hours that you're off of work. You ought to pl- have a plan for how you spend your weekend. You ought to have a plan for how you spend your life. And there's many ways to be able to uh, discipline yourself, to be able to do things. But let me just give you a few things that I do, that I've learned from, from people that are a lot smarter than I am. In regard, I just want to give you some practical advice on how to plan your day. Because the Bible says, see them that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. So how do you walk circumspectly? How do you plan that out? How do you redeem the time? Let me give you just a few things that you can do. Something that I've done recently. Number one, get a notebook. Let me show you. This is my notebook. This costs 99 cents. Okay? It is worth the investment. Get a notebook and discipline yourself every night. Sit down 
and write yourself a to-do list of the things you need to get done the next day. Now look, everyone should do this. But those of you that are working in a way where you're your own boss, you really need to do this. Okay? You know, you say, Pastor Jimenez, you, you, you're working for the church. You know, God's your boss. You know, and praise the Lord for it, God is my boss. But you know what? God doesn't, you know, God doesn't call me and say, today I need you to get this done. In a lot of ways, being a pastor is like running your own business. You don't really have anybody telling you to get out of bed. You understand that? So those of you that have lives like that, which many of you do, what you ought to do is get yourself a notebook. Every night, write down the things, your goals that you need to do. And write them every day. If you look through my notebook here, you will see that I have my to-do list for, for all the days. That, uh, so if any of you say, well, Pastor Jimenez, is he really working? You can come look at my to-do list here and you'll see that I'm getting things done for the church. Okay, I'm designing... Uh, uh, that's, uh, that was the, the sign that's out there. Okay, you see this? We got a to-do list. We put the sign. I said, this is what I wanted to look at. And bam, the sign's out there. <laughs> you know, I, that's how it works. You get things done, all right? So you write a to-do list. Now, here's the thing. You got to do it every night. You do it the night before. Here's why. While you're sleeping, you, you know, there are so many times that I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, oh, I need to do this and this. Or like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Because your mind kind of just, you know, while you're sleeping subconsciously, you're just kind of going through those things. And by the way, it'll motivate you to get out of the bed, too. Because yeah. is what happens. You roll out of bed at 10.30, and you're like, oh, man, I have so many things to do today. You know, but when, you, when your alarm clock goes off at 5 a.m., and I'm like, man, I've got like 17 things on that to-do list. Better get out of bed. Okay? So here's what you do. Get yourself a notebook, number one. Write down a to-do list. Everything you need to do the night before. Okay? So here's what you do. Don't worry about the order you're going to do it in. Just start writing. Okay, I've got to do this. i got to do that. i got to, you know, uh, uh, you know, tonight I'm going to sit down. My wife and I are going to sit down, and we're going to begin to write down a few things. We need to purchase a few things for the family fun night. We need to get, you know, curtains for the backdrop here. We need to uh, be able to order this. Whatever. Whatever you need to do, just write it down. Don't worry about what order you're going to do it. Just write everything down you got to get done that next day. Once you have it all down, now you begin to prioritize that. You write an A next to things that are most important. They need to get done. B, the you know, second most important. D, uh, or C, good night. D, you know. A, B, C, D, all right. There you go. Once you, now let's say, let's say you do your little to-do list and you've got like three A's. Okay, prioritize that. For me, it's A1, A2, A3. And by the way, if you look at, if you look at my notes, I'll, I'll let you look at you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cue you into Pastor Jimenez's to-do list. You will find A1, A2, A3, every day are the same thing. Read the Bible, pray, write a sermon. Those are the most important things I can do with my time. But here's the thing. You prioritize your time by A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3. And then here's the thing. You discipline yourself to work on the most important tasks. Here's the rule. You don't work on a B task if you still have an A task undone. Does that make sense? You don't work on A3 if you still got A1 that you haven't finished. Okay? And here's the thing. You discipline yourself to sit down and just get the work done and you don't get up till it's done. See, most people, here's what they do. They kind of like start on a project, then you kind of get up and take a break, and then you go do this, you can do that. Look, just discipline yourself to just sit down and work. It is amazing how few people have just a work ethic to just sit down, begin at the, you know, start at the beginning, and just see it to the end. And just cross that thing off the list. Every time I, I love it, every time I cross something off my to-do list, I just feel like I'm accomplishing something. Discipline yourself to work through your list till it's all done. And here's the thing. 
Discipline yourself to not allow time wasters into your life. People, look, if you want to be productive, I don't know what your goals are, I don't know what you need to accomplish, but you know, if you got on there, you know, I want to read the Bible with my children. I want to memorize the Romans road. I want to read nine chapters a day in the Bible. Whatever it is, look, things are going to pop up that are going to attempt to waste your time. You know, some of you are just going to have to learn to log off of Facebook, turn off the computer, turn off the television, turn off the radio, turn off your phone, turn off whatever other gadget you've got, and just settle down and get to work. How do you do that? Proper planning. Why would you plan your day? Because you've got priorities. Why would you have priorities? Because you've got perspective. Do you understand how that works? You realize your time is short, so you make priorities to make sure you spend your time wisely. And when you've got priorities, then you plan your day to make sure you do those priorities. Because they're the most important things in your life. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. The question is this. What will you accomplish in your life? What will people say about you at your funeral? People are going to have to get up and lie. You ever been to a funeral people lie? He was so great. He was the greatest guy ever. And he's a loser. You know what I mean? I mean, what are people going to say about you? What are you going to accomplish? Here's, here's the goal. You remember the Apostle Paul? Hey, the Apostle Paul is the one that said, you know, I press toward the mark. The Apostle Paul, you know, I know that the Apostle Paul had a to-do list. You know why? He said, hey, I, I, after this, I'm going to Spain. Remember that he said that in Romans? After this, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I mean, you ought to die with a to-do list. You ought to be productive in your life. But you know what? If you, if you decide and if you learn to manage your time, and really to manage yourself properly within your time, look at, are you there in 2 Timothy chapter 4? Look at verse 6. This is what the Apostle Paul said. 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's getting ready to die and he says this, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Now notice this. Will you be able to say this before you die? I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Are you going to end your life regretting how many years were wasted? See, here's the thing. You cannot do anything with the past. The past is gone. It's done. But you can begin to be productive today. You can begin to accomplish something today. Go back to Ecclesiastes. We're done right here. We're we're ending where we started. Ecclesiastes. You say, Pastor Jimenez, I've wasted so much time in my life. I I wish I would have heard something like this 20 years ago. Okay, here's what you got to understand, okay? If you start working and serving and living for God right now, just forget about the past. Forgetting those things which are behind. Are you there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3? Look at verse number 11. This is one of the most beautiful phrases in Scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Just let God do it. See, I've wasted a lot of time. Ecclesiastes 3.11 He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Just let God work through you. Let God take care of it. He will make it beautiful. He can make your life beautiful. He can make what you produce in your life beautiful. He can make your life worth something. But you got to understand this. Aside from Christ, there's nothing we can do that's worth anything. Paul said, I count it all done. How are you going to spend your life? How are you going to spend your time? It comes through this. Right perspective, right priorities, right planning. How are your priorities? What's the most important thing in your life? If, if the most important thing in your life is, my number one goal in life, Pastor Menace, is to make a million dollars, then by all means, work all day long, every day. Ignore your family, ignore God. 
But if you say, well, that's not the most important thing in my life, then why don't you spend time with the most important things in your life? And walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church, Lord. And I know this is a very, just very short challenge from the Word of God. But Father, I truly believe that if we apply these principles to our life, they can change the course of our lives. They can change the way we do things. Lord, I pray that we would all end our lives and maybe be able to say like the Apostle Paul, I'm now ready to be offered. I've finished my course. Lord, help us not to waste our lives. Help us not to waste the time you've given us. Help us to realize that our time is short, but we still have life. We still have things we can accomplish. We still have people we can reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We still have a, a church that we can uh, help here, Lord, to do the work of the ministry. Father, help us to not waste our time. Help us to live our lives with the right perspective. Successful millionaires live with a 5, 10, 15, 20 year perspective. Help us to live with a perspective of eternity. How will things matter in eternity? How will my life count in eternity? Lord, help us to be living our lives just producing, accomplishing, not for this world's sake, but for Christ's sake. Father, we love you and your precious name. Amen.